My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you will notice that I have a handheld microphone this morning, and that is wonderful news because we are fancy beyond measure in here now. Uh, we have to be fancy for Miss Hannah, so that's important, right? There you go. Uh, no, Miss Amy Velosin is uh, speaking this morning, and I, I meant to look up this morning to see how many years this has been, but I feel like this is six or seven or eight, somewhere in there, yeah? So that's awesome. This is, I, I believe, our longest-running tradition in our Sunday school class, and uh, I'm excited, as always, to hear her speak. So I believe we're in Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, I'll ask Miss Amy to come on up and lead us in class today. This is my first time behind the fancy podium. I'm kind of excited. Happy Mother's Day. As I've said before and probably say every year, it's an honor to stand here today. I enjoy spending the start of my Mother's Day learning with everybody. The last time I spoke, Jim mentioned that I usually speak about 20 minutes, but I always speak about Jesus. I will say that this lesson is no different. I will remind you that I am a puggle teacher. So in order to get my point across, my lessons have to be short, my theme has to be repetitive, and the focus always on Jesus. So as we dive into the text today, I ask that you look for the repetitiveness. It's completely on purpose. With that in mind, here we go. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, are there any repeated words? Stand. The ones that jumped out at me were take, put, stand, and against. These are very telling repeated words. They could summarize these verses. We just need to take and we need to put in order to stand against. Paul is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. Either Paul was a puggle teacher as well, or he just knew his audience. The repetition and the imagery gets across his point very clearly. There is evil in this world, 
and we will face it. But God has already done the work, and we just need to take and to put. Now, this wasn't the original plan for my lesson. I had it all planned out, and I knew it was going to be great. I felt God wanted me to go in a different direction, but I didn't want to change what I had planned. However, a few weeks before I was to teach, the girl that sits behind me at work put this on my desk. It's a sticky that says, all things are working for your good. He's intentional. She stuck it on my monitor and said, just as a reminder, I read it, looked at her, read it again, and that's when I knew. I silently had a little conversation with God that said, okay, I get it. Some of you may know that my struggle with this verse. I struggle that my life with all its bumps and valleys and illnesses are working for his good. I have to constantly remind myself that his good is way different than my good. I love that she added he's intentional to this note. This girl that put this sticky on my monitor has no idea how much these words mean. I read them several times a day. The fact that God is intentional was stuck in my head after she left this note. It had me thinking about his plan and his purpose for my life and that everything he does was in his plan long before I could even think about it. However, while God, God does pursue us, he willingly waits on us to come to him. He knows that we will struggle in this life, and in his word, he gives us help. He wants us to be prepared when the evil one attacks. We need to remember that God allows us to take and to put things in place in our lives that help us. Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison, and if anyone knows what attacks felt like, it would be Paul. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong and imperative in the Lord and in the power of his might, or his ability, his force, his strength. Be strong. It's a command. The first of many in these verses. Be strong and in the Lord and in his mighty power. On our own, apart from the Lord, we can do nothing. He gives us our strength. Only with him can we face what these verses talk about. We are to be mighty in his power, not in the power of our own. It is only through him that we can do and fight. The song he said by Group One Crew says, I might let you bend, but I won't let you break. Well, this is a great, great song, and I really do enjoy it. I have a hard time with that lyric. I, for one, have been broken. Sometimes it felt like I've been more than broken. Sometimes it felt like I've just been squashed and pulverized. However, it was not because Jesus wasn't there. He was there, watching and waiting, waiting for me to take and put waiting for me to say, help. I cannot do this on my own. I am not mighty in my own power. I need your help, Jesus. My mom once told me that pots once are stronger once they're broken, depending on what they're repaired with. 
prepared simply with glue, the pot may not hold. It may hold for a while, but it will eventually start to leak. However, if the pot is filled with a permanent solution, it can still function as a pot, and now it will have these lines running through it to show that it once was broken, but it has been beautifully restored. Even though we have been broken, we can still be used as God has intended. We all have a story to tell, and we just need to ensure that we are reflecting his permanent fix in our lives, not just some mangled mess that we have tried to glue back together. Verse 11, put on another imperative, the full or the complete armor of God, so that you can take your stand, or to cause, or to make to stand, to place, to put, to set, against the devil's schemes, or cunning arts, deceit, craft, or trickery. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These words put in this verse, the word put in this verse means to sink into, like to sink into your clothes, put on, to clothe oneself. We are to clothe ourselves in the full armor. Full armor means just that, full, complete, not partially. We are to put on the full, complete armor of God, not just the parts that fit our lives best, not just the parts that we agree with the most, but the full armor. Armor is heavy, and it has to be worn with a purpose. The shield alone could weigh 25 pounds. Soldiers who wore the armor would run almost twice as slow as they did without it. It has to be put on with intent. We must intentionally put on the armor, and we must intentionally use it for the correct purpose. There are times when dressed in my armor that I think I look like this, ready to go. Everything's in place. I am, everything is securely on, and I appear that I am ready for battle. When I am thinking this way, I am making it much more about me than I am about my Savior. I did nothing to deserve his grace and his mercy. It will only be through him that I am protected, just like it is through him that I am saved. So when I am thinking this way, I know really I look more like that. Nothing fits just right, and I am going to be terrified of what I potentially could be facing. The armor is a remind us that God has provided the protection we need from the forces in this world that attack us daily. We are to have his word, his assurance, and his righteousness daily present in our lives to help us stand against all we face. We have to remind ourselves that evil forces sometimes don't look like evil forces, even though it would be a whole lot easier if it did. It would be a whole lot easier if they looked like that. However, they don't. They come to us very simply and surprisingly plain. They might be things like the places we go and the people we surround ourselves with, If it's anything that causes us to put our armor to the side or even neglect to put on just one piece because we think it's unnecessary, anything that causes us to take our focus away from God's purpose for our lives, it's not from God.
2 Corinthians 11:14 says, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. With evil masquerading as light, it might be difficult to separate the darkness from the light. Charles Spurgeon once said, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. That hit me hard. While almost right is just that, almost right, it is still completely wrong. The full armor of God is intended to help us discern the difference. Verse 12 is a straightforward statement. Trickery, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in the heavenly places. Our struggle, wrestle, we are fully engaged in this fight. Paul again uses his knowledge of who he is speaking to and is very repetitive. Principalities, powers, rulers, and spiritual hosts of wickedness. All of these refer to Satan and to his demons. That is who we battle. That is why we need armor. When preparing for this, I realized that Darth Maul was going to be behind me for a while while I spoke. So, there, full armor of God. <laughs> Verse 13. Take up another imperative the whole armor, or the full armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, another imperative, therefore, having girded, or to fasten up garments with a girdle or a belt, your waist with truth, having put on your breastplate of righteousness. Paul mentions that we should put on the full armor of God yet again emphasizing that no part should be left out. If a piece is missing, then our armor is not complete. Most commentaries I read made mention that it was not by chance that the belt was mentioned first. While we may think that the sword or the shield, something much more powerful, should come first, the belt makes perfect sense. The belt helps hold all garments on and provides protection to the midsection of the soldier. Our middle, our core, is very important. It gives us the strength to hold the breastplate, to place the helmet on our head, and to reach down and put on our shoes. Without truth, God's truth in our lives, to protect us, all the other pieces of the armor won't fit right. Matthew Henry said this about the belt of truth. It girds on or secures all the other pieces of our armor truth should be just like that. It should cleave to us like the belt cleaves to our body. Just like a belt goes around our waist, God's truth should surround us. The breastplate covers the torso of the soldier. It covers the vital organs that without the breastplate covering them leaves the soldier very vulnerable. This can be the same thing about righteousness. God's righteousness protects us from otherwise deadly attacks. Verse 15. And having shod to undermine or to bind under oneself, bind on your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The New King James Version uses the word shod, meaning to bind. Other translations say fitted. Some just say shoes on your feet. 
no matter the translation, we need to have our shoes on. I read that sometimes the soldier's sandals could have nails or spikes to help secure them to the ground. This would help them stand firmly in battle. It makes a little more sense as to why shoes are listed with the gospel of peace. Shouldn't we have a firm stance with the gospel? Shouldn't we ensure that we have the peace that comes from the gospel? So it was the beginning of school year last year. We were in line for drop-off at the middle school. At that time, both of my kids were there. G was in eighth and J was in sixth. It was right before it was our turn to unload, and Jay goes, I don't have shoes on. What? Why don't you have shoes on? So I probably said that way louder than I just did. It was now our turn to unload. G gets out of the car. Jay stays with me, because I now have to run back home because my sixth grader forgot his shoes. He forgot his shoes. I may or may not have lectured him the whole eight-minute home, drive home. And the discussion may have included words like responsibility and being prepared and no TV and really, you forgot your shoes. I'm still baffled by the fact that he forgot to put shoes on before he left for school. He knew he was going to school, knew he was getting out of the car, and he didn't put shoes on. Luckily, we can laugh about this story today But when I was thinking about God's plan, and his plan for our lives is intentional, no matter what my thoughts are about our plan, this memory came to mind. How many times has God's plan unfolded in front of me, and I look to him flustered and unprepared and say, but I don't have shoes on. I'm not ready for this. We must be intentional about his word and allowing his plan, his timing, his direction to guide our lives. There is a reason that shoes are mentioned in the armor of God. You aren't fully ready until you have your shoes on. They help center us. They help keep our balance. They help keep our our feet safe and clean. All can be said for when we stand, for when we put our lives on the word of God. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith for which you were able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We girded our belt around our waist, we put on the breastplate, and we shod our feet with shoes. This is the first item that we take, and not just take, but take up. The shield was a long, oblong, somewhat curved piece of metal. It could take a heavy impact, and it would not knock the soldier unsteady. It was when I read about the details of the shield that I realized why it related so closely to our faith. Our faith helps protect us. When the arrows fly, our faith in Christ helps shield us from the damage that it might cause. We have to ensure that our faith is firmly rooted in Christ. As the verse says, he is able to extinguish the darts of the wicked one. It doesn't say that there will be no more darts. It just says that God will protect us. We have to ensure that our faith is in the right place. Verse 17. 
take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Take, again, another imperative, another command. I love that the word take is used in these verses. It doesn't say look for or try and find or work for. It just says take. Take means it's available to us. We just have to take it. Take. Take salvation. It's there. It's ready. It's ours. We did nothing to deserve it. But through God's grace and his mercy, it is available to us. We just have to take it and trust God that he is our salvation and protection. It says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In our armor, nothing is able to destroy us. We may be shaken, and there may be times that we are even wounded, but we won't be defeated if we have our armor on. We must remember, and I'm speaking to myself here too, we must remember that God's plan is better than our own. We get the privilege every day of arming ourselves with the word of God. Going through life without his word is like a soldier going into battle without his sword. His word is needed, helpful, and life-saving. To put it into puggle speak, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I have done this. No doubt I have done this. I have done this this week. Over my life, I have found myself earnestly praying for answers. And what's extremely comforting is that I've had people in this room fulfilling the second half of the verse, praying for myself and for my family, praying for the Lord's people. Many of you know the struggles that we had when we found out that we were pregnant with G. For those of you that don't know our story, we were told early on that we should terminate pregnancy. While we continually told our doctors that this was not an option, they would stress that the baby would be born with Down syndrome and would not have a full life if she survived delivery. While we had asked for prayers during, preg during this pregnancy, no one really knew the full story. One day, my parents' small group, along with Matt and I, gathered in my parents' church for a time of prayer over me and the baby. I was unaware of what happened next until my mom told me weeks later. During the prayer, one man walked away from the group and started praying protection over the group. He sensed that the group was under attack, that the devil was trying to find his way into this circle. It was clear to this man that the devil did not want these prayers said. This still just shakes me when I think of this story, and I honestly don't tell many people. This man could sense that the demons were in this church and were attacking this group. It was made clear to me during this pregnancy 
that my child was under attack. The man later told my mom that the baby would be fine and that she will do mighty things for him. RG is more than thriving today, and there are days that I think back on this story and thank God for this man who wore his armor proudly, boldly, unashamedly, and he spoke truth for all to hear. He made sure that he himself was not the main part of this story. His focus was always on the Savior. Psalms 139, 13 through 18. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book were all that was written, the days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them, how precious are your thoughts for me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. We are created for God and by God. God was intentional when creating us. Ooh, this sign hangs in the house of Matt's brother and sister-in-law. It says, I am not lucky. You have no idea how much I've prayed. This speaks volumes about their relationship with God. They both, while they have their struggles, they both daily dress in their full armor. While they have been given reason after reason after reason to lay down their shields and defeat, they both continue to fight. They go running to our Savior when they are wounded, but armor on, they continue to fight. When people hear about the story of Art G or my battle with cancer, I've always said, not lucky, just Jesus. Just Jesus. I say this with the most reverence, because unlike what I think most days, that's all I need. Just Jesus. God, the one that created us with a plan and with a purpose. God, who knew the plan for our lives before we were born. God, who made faith in his wonderful word available for the taking. We just have to be willing to receive it. God, who crafted our armor and prepared the battle plan. God's plans for us were in place before we were even formed. What a blessing. I love that we serve an intentional God. So, as we stand, armor on, as we are ready to face this life and all that God has planned, let's remember to put our shoes on. So what do we do about that? We must remember that God has all we need. He is there waiting on us. We just have to take it up. These verses remind us several times, take up. Not just that, but we have to be willing to do something with it. Just like our shoes are no help if they're not on our feet, or our sword is no help if we don't have it in our hand. So take up. Next, we have to be ready. We have to be prepared for the battle that we will be facing. So what do we have to do? We have to put it on. Paul, again, is very clear. Put on the full armor 
put on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on your shoes. Just having the armor does us no good. So take it up and put it on. Don't have God asking, where are your shoes? They have to be on, and we have to be ready to stand against. So like I said in the beginning, my repetitiveness, completely on purpose. Paul was repetitive in these verses, and we should for sure take notice. Take, put, stand. And the amazing thing is, is we don't have to do it on our own. God will be there after every step of the way. Because after all, he provided our shoes. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Amy. Um, I, I hope you all recognize that uh, there's a clarity and simplicity when Amy teaches. Um, I am sometimes uh, a bit sloppy with words here and there. But uh, Amy, you remind me of a man from uh, Africa that came and spoke at my college, uh, and English was not his native language, and every single word was on purpose and took effort uh, and had been thoroughly thought through, so I appreciate you and your message this morning. Thank you for that. Um, if you missed a blank, I have the answers in the back. Can anybody answer the next question? Do we have Sunday school next week? Do we have Sunday school next week? Yes, we do. All right. So your kids are out of school. You are not. All right. Sunday school continues through the summer. So we begin next week with a series in 3 John. We'll spend four weeks in 3 John, and then we'll spend uh, four weeks in Jude. So really, really short, New Testament, no condemnation for the summer. Uh, thank you for coming to Sunday school today. Your weekly update is on your table, so make sure your names are at the bottom of that. Uh, you got a couple extra minutes this morning, so please share any prayer requests. Pray as a group, and once you have finished praying as a group, you're dismissed to go into the service and say Happy Mother's Day to somebody, or two, or ten. That would be a blessing. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.